That can be scary because once you send out that letter, you're announcing to the world, everyone you know, hey, we're doing this. And so then if you fail, everyone's going to know. Yeah, there's no turning back once you do that. I almost felt scared to do that because I did think that there's a possibility that we're going to fail and then everyone's going to know and like make fun of us or something. Welcome to What Your CPA Wants You to Know, a podcast for business owners and those planning to make the jump into entrepreneurship. If you're thinking, I've got a great business idea, but what's next? This podcast is for you. I'm Carson Sands. And I'm Taryn Sands. And together, we started our CPA firm. We've grown exponentially over the past six years. I'm a CPA with over 10 years of experience helping people start and grow their businesses. And I'm an MBA with a specialization in marketing and entrepreneurship. Follow along as we share the ins and outs of running a business while keeping your family and sanity intact. And how to save tax dollars without breaking any IRS rules or triggering a painful audit. We're here to share everything your CPA wants you to know in a fun and easy to understand way. Let's get started. Let's do it. Today, we want to talk about all the strange things that we did in order to save money when we started our business. Back in episode 27, we mentioned that you might have to make some sacrifices in order to give yourself time to prove your concept. We mentioned a couple of the strange things we did to buy us time by saving money and reducing our expenses, but here's a more complete list of all the weird things we did, and maybe it will give you some ideas for ways to save money so you can have more time to make your business work. So that was in 2016 and 17. Yeah, 2016 is when we really just said we're going all in. Let's get the ball rolling. And that's when we started implementing all of these steps to make the business happen. And here we are in 2023. We have a very successful business and it definitely would have been so hard if we didn't set ourselves up for success so that we could start making money and not be like, oh no, like this isn't working. Let's get another job. So these are the weird things we did. They're kind of funny now thinking back to them. It was a completely different stage in our life, but we did want to share these with you in case you're in the same position. Because we're business owners, I feel like that gives a lot of value to our business. We own a CPA firm, and a lot of times when you're working with a CPA, they have never started and ran a business. That's what sets us apart from everyone else is that we started this business and then now we are consulting business owners with the information and the things that we've learned along the way. So I think we have a very unique skill set in this industry. I agree. So without further ado, the first thing we did that was a little crazy was that we had spent months building a house and we loved it. It was beautiful. It was everything we wanted to grow a family into. And the market had gone up in our area and we just thought, hey, you know what? We can sell this house, turn a little bit of profit on it. That will also reduce our expenses every month so that we can have a lot more time to start our business. Yeah, that house was beautiful. It was one that 
was big enough for us to grow our family and we picked everything out in it. And then when we turned around just months later telling our family that we were going to sell it, they thought we were crazy. But the market had gone up. So we knew we'd make a little bit on it. And we ended up making about 20000 off of that sale. And I think originally we were going to rent something cheap. Yes. Yeah, that was the plan. But our house sold super, super quick. So one of the first weird things we did was move in with my mom. Yes, that was definitely a, uh, a quite the experience. Yeah, <laughs> living with your mother-in-law and a toddler is definitely very difficult. But it was a very good opportunity for us to save a lot of money. We knew we were about to start a business and that we would be eventually quitting our jobs. So we were able to save so much money living with my mom. Now, you may not have this option, but if you do, it's definitely something to do maybe even for a couple of months where you can set aside a couple thousand dollars that you would be paying for a rent or for your mortgage and taxes and all that because it really adds up. So we set aside that 20000 that we got from selling our house and we set aside a few thousand every single month living with my mom and we live with her about 10 months. It was supposed to be six, but the... <laughs> yeah. So another thing we did that was a little unusual was we were a one-car family, like the 1950s. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it doesn't sound that crazy to people that grew up, uh, you know, in another day and age, but anybody our age, they probably think that's super weird. And I don't mean we had one car each. I mean, we had one car that we shared. But when you really think about it, we worked from home. We had one kid. There was almost never a time that we both needed a car. So, and if there was, we just figured it out. But I mean, that, that was a little strange and people thought we were crazy. Yeah. If you're in Texas, there's not a lot of public transportation. It was not easy for us to get anywhere without the car. So I think that's why people think it's very crazy because it definitely reduces your freedom some and that's uncomfortable. But that was something that we were willing to do so that we can go all in and really just do this thing faster. Yeah. And if you live in a big city and you're saying, okay, crybabies, just take the bus. We live in rural Texas. There's no buses. There's no Ubers. There's no taxis. If you don't have a car, you better be able to walk there. But you can't walk there because everyone lives in the country and the closest grocery store is miles away. And we've always both had a car since we turned 16. That's pretty typical in Texas. It was very hard to get used to saying like, oh, I can't meet you there. I don't have the car right now. Can you just pick me up? But we made it work. It was uncomfortable for a bit, but it definitely helped us save money monthly, even if you didn't have a car payment for insurance and gas and things like that. So we were able to free up just a little bit there. And all of these things that we're going to talk about are just a little drop in the bucket, but whenever you put it all together, it really makes a big difference. All together, th these things can add up to a second person's salary. Along with that, we reduced all of our expenses. So just the general things, like we cut subscriptions, Carson loves Audible, we cut that for a bit. We cut all of our streaming services, everything that wasn't necessary. So the only thing that was really necessary was the internet. So we didn't cut that, but we had no TV, like cable service. And then we cut like the Hulus and things like that, that just weren't necessary. Gem memberships, all of that stuff that we had when we had a dual income family, but we were planning to go down to nothing. And then we also had a toddler. So there's 
all kinds of things that you want for your children. And at this time in life, we had to be like, you know what? We want her to be in gymnastics. We want her to do swim lessons. We want her to do all of these things. But we had to put a pause on all of that stuff so that we can make a better life for her in the future. And she doesn't even remember that anymore. Right. You know, it seems so important at the time, but they're so young, they're not even going to remember that. So you're doing them a better service by getting yourself into a situation where you have more family time or you bring in more money through your business or whatever your goals are. That makes me think of something I posted on our social media page the other day. Starting a business from scratch, meaning you didn't get it from your parents or you didn't buy a franchise or something like that. Starting something from nothing requires you to be uncomfortable. And if you're not willing to be uncomfortable, then you're not going to be able to start a new business because there's so many things to figure out and so many places that you're going to be that don't feel good. If you cannot sit in the uncomfortable places, you're not going to make it. Now, the list of things that we're talking about today are all very, very uncomfortable, especially if you're already established. Like we were 30 years old living with my mom. And we're not saying that everybody needs to do that, but it definitely was an uncomfortable place to be when we're already 30 years old. Yeah. And we had been making good money. We were successful. We had a nice house and our careers were doing well. So it did feel a little strange to go the other direction. Yeah. Going from this beautiful, nice house to jobs that anyone would love to have to completely just uprooting everything and starting back over. That was very, very difficult, but it has paid off tenfold. And another thing we did was we did not have rent. The biggest expenses most CPA firms have are their staff and the rent for their office. Well, we used a home office, so we didn't have rent and we did everything ourselves. So we didn't have staff and that actually was the case for years. And that saved us a lot of money, made it to where really our only expenses from the beginning were software expenses. When we actually started the business, our plan was to start out of a home office. And that was very uncommon for a CPA firm because our family and friends just assumed that we would get like an office on the square or rent out a space that would be nice, you know, so that we could meet clients in. But we wanted to prove our concept first. So we thought, hey, maybe we'll stay at our home office for a year or two, start getting clients. And we set it up in a way that we could meet clients there. Like Carson said, that saved us thousands a month because we were looking to pay anywhere from 2000 to 4000 a month in rent for a place to have our CPA firm. And that can really add up whenever you're looking at, you go out and earn $3,000 worth of business and the first 3,000 you earn is just going to go right back to that rent. You know, that's a little disheartening really. But whenever that first 3,000 you earn is going in your pocket, then that's very motivating. Yeah. So our break even point, which we talk about in episode 27 was so, so low because we were only covering that software. Which leads us to another weird thing that we did. Our accounting software is very expensive. If you are in an industry like that, you probably have a specific software that you need to use and they're not cheap. You have to buy each person a user. And at that time, I think it was $600 a month for one user. So we really didn't want to commit to $1,200 a month for both of us to have access to the software at the same time. 
So what we did starting out was we just bought one user and then we would switch back and forth working. So he would be working and I would be watching the kids and then we would switch so that we didn't have to buy one more seat. And it actually worked out really well because one of the other things we did to save money was not pay for childcare. So we didn't have enough work in the beginning for both of us to work eight hours a day. You know, that I wish there was that much work at the time, but there wasn't. So it just made sense that, you know, she could work four hours while I sit with the kid and then I could work four hours while she sits with the kid. Because of that, there was no reason to pay for childcare or for a second software subscription. Yeah, childcare is ridiculously expensive. We know we've had three kids in daycare since then, but in the beginning, we just worked off switching back and forth until we were making enough that we felt like we could add daycare or childcare expenses and still be okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. So moving into things that we did as far as marketing, advertising, there's ways you can save money even there. You have to be a little bit creative or maybe be old school. So I did go old school. I went door to door to all the businesses in this area and just handed out business cards, shook hands with owners and managers, just trying to get my name out there. I figured the worst they could do is say no. And it also helped make up for the fact that we didn't really have an office yet. And I was not sure how people were going to take that. Uh, It turns out people didn't really care that much. But at the time, I was still afraid they would. So by me going to their place of business, it kind of took that out of the equation. It certainly helped get our name around. We moved to a very small town in order to start our firm because we knew there was a need here. And so quickly, just Carson attending community events and handing out our business cards and then just going around town. There's a lot of small businesses here and he would just walk in and ask to see the owner. And sometimes they said no, or a lot of times they said no, but sometimes they said yes. And that actually generated a lot of our very first clients. And it was free other than the pack of business cards I bought off of Vistaprint. Yes, definitely. That was not very expensive at all. So another thing that we did that was absolutely free marketing other than the paper and the ink was that we created a letter to send to family and friends. So think like you're sending out wedding invitations or baby shower invitations, that list of people that know you and support you and have watched you throughout your life. We sent a letter explaining that we were opening a new firm or a new business and the letter had exactly what we would be doing, what services we would be offering and what type of businesses we would be taking on, all of the information and it just asked them a simple question. Could they give some of these business cards to anyone that they know is looking for a good business CPA? That can be scary because once you send out that letter, you're announcing to the world, everyone you know, hey, we're doing this. And so then if you fail, everyone's going to know. Yeah, there's no turning back once you do that. I almost felt scared to do that because I did think that there's a possibility that we're going to fail and then everyone's going to know and like make fun of us or something. Right. Before we sent that letter out, we still had the chance to go back to our regular careers. Both of the places we had been working at were begging for us to come back, frankly. And so before we sent out that letter, really, no, I mean, people knew we were kind of doing something, but it could have just been something on the side and uh, it didn't have to be such a big deal. But once we announced it, you know, we really had to make it or let the whole world know that we failed. 
And once again, that was very uncomfortable for both of us. <laughs> I think that we made the letter and we we're like, oh, do we really want to do this? But it actually really paid off because once again, that's where we got some of our very first clients asking people to spread the word about our new business for anyone that was looking for our services. Well, that's the list. Those are all the crazy things we could think of if we think of any more crazy things that we did to save money or to try to get our business going. Uh, we'll be sure to let you know. And uh, you could always go on to one of our social media pages and post some of the crazy things that you're doing or that you've done to make your business work. You can find us where we're most active on Instagram at what your CPA wants you to know. And if you tag us on one of these episodes and share our podcast, which we would really, really appreciate, I will send you our new business crash course. And that is 20 pages packed of all the steps that you need to do when you're getting a new business started. And that's for free, just for sharing our podcast. Well, that's all we have for today. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to What, what Your CPA Wants You to Know podcast. This podcast is intended to provide accounting and tax information for educational purposes only. All tax situations are unique and should be handled with the assistance of a tax professional. 